This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Let's begin with prayer. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity again to share your beautiful word. Father, that brings life and light and and, uh, healing to to these who come to receive. Thank you, Father. You have freedom for every one of them that's here. And I pray that they receive tonight just exactly what they need from this teaching. I ask it in Jesus' name, and I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. All right, let's turn to uh, Matthew 8. Verse 1 says, When he had come down from the mountain, talking about Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was clean. This leper... uh, believed in the power of God, apparently, because he said, if you want to, I know you can make me clean. You can heal me. So he, he had faith in the power, which we do need that. We need faith in the power of God, that when we believe uh, something from, uh, from the word of God, that the power of God begins to work on our behalf. Uh, when, with, where healing is concerned, right at the moment of, of faith, it begins to work in you. But he, he believed in the power, but he didn't know for sure if Jesus would heal him. And I wanted to kind of just um, go there a little bit tonight because that's one of the hang-ups with people thinking, okay, I know Jesus heals. I see it all through the Bible. I see how he provided uh, healing. Uh, that you know, We see it with uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 and, and 1 Peter 2, 24 and Matthew 18, uh, 19. And so we know that it's, it's, uh, uh, it's available. But will he heal me? And, and that's what I want to emphasize to you he is willing to heal every one of us every time that we have something we're going through and and you know sometimes people can be so um, down on themselves and I believe that's what this leper I believe he was down on himself because he was a leper he was an outcast nobody was able to to uh, have anything to do with them according to the Levitical law he was unclean and so he was, he was away from family and friends. And so um, he, had a, he had a real lonely life. And he, he thought, okay, maybe you're not willing because of who I am. That's my thought about it. But Jesus said, I am willing. That word willing means I take delight in. I know when you go to a restaurant now, when you thank a, a, a waiter uh, for something, they'll say, my pleasure. And this is what Jesus was actually doing, my pleasure to heal you, my delight to heal you. And he touched him. And that may have been the first touch this leper had had in a long time. And to think about Jesus touching him had to mean so much. He had to feel so loved by the Lord to have him touch him and knowing that wow, this is something he's not even supposed to do because nobody's supposed to touch me. But he went beyond the laws of uh, that day because Jesus, that's what he did. He was a bridge from the old covenant to the new covenant. And the new covenant was going to be, you know, love. We love 
everybody. We love people. We are there for people. And that's what, that's the covenant we live in. So there will never be a day that you can come to him and have him say, you know what, I'm not really willing to take care of this problem for you, no matter what it is. He's willing. He paid an awesome price for us to have the freedom that we have, the inheritance that he left for us. But he was willing then and he is willing now. <clears throat> the, the power is the same power because Jesus doesn't doesn't change. The same power that cleansed that man of that leprosy in a heartbeat. It's the same power that's available to each of us uh, as we go to him and receive what we need for him. That power is able to change our situation so uh, wonderfully each time that we come in faith. That power means it's great ability. He created the heavens and the earth. That's that same power that's available to us. And the same power that raised him from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead, is that same power that's available. And sometimes we just need to concentrate on that. We need to focus on that. Like, wow, this power, we need to have faith in that. We need to trust that power and trust his willingness to want to set us free. <clears throat> Acts 10, 38 Very familiar scripture to healing class. Um, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And that gives us a, you know, an answer to, okay, where does this sickness come from? You know, it's not God trying to teach you a lesson or, or trying to... Um, cause you to grow, grow stronger or to, uh, you know, draw closer to him. It's an oppression of the devil and that's what sickness is. And that's how it should be observed by us. Like, no, all sickness is from the enemy and it's nothing that God ever puts on his children ever, but he, he healed all. That's what I wanted to, uh, emphasize in a few scriptures tonight that he healed all that came to him and he healed all that of every kind of disease, every kind of infirmity, every kind of uh, sickness, every kind of uh, problem, physical problem, Jesus healed them all. That's his will for all of us always. And uh, so we can have that. It's possible and we can have healing for anything that is in our bodies. And it may have been there a while. If you're just now coming and getting familiar with healing, it may have been there a while, but you know what? It's not too hard for God. Never too hard for God. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as we read wonderful things in the, in the, in the Gospels about what Jesus did, he's that same God. He's the same today as he was then. And uh, that should make us very happy because he, as he uh, moved through the Gospels, he was always doing something helping people and setting people free and providing for people and loving people. And that's how he is today for us as individuals. In Mark uh, 6, 5, and 6, it, it talks about, I want you to see this because this is one time it says that he could not heal. He says, now... Uh, 
uh, verse 5 in um, Mark 6 says, Now he could do no mighty work there except he had laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief or he marveled because they didn't have any faith. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So there's your answer to no faith. So, okay, I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to teach. And that's why people will hear the word and, and they can have faith when I, they hear me teach. But he couldn't do any mighty works because he was in his own town. Uh, Matthew 15, uh, uh, 38 also talks about this. But he says, a prophet, verse 4 says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. So they just shut him down. Has that ever happened to you? And you tried to share some kind of exciting thing with a relative or, you know, somebody close to you, and they just like, sure, right, you're my mother. Or, you know, I know you. I grew up with you. You're my sister. You don't, you, you don't, you know, you can't really be functioning in faith. And, and um, you know, you can't, what you say to me really doesn't matter. And, and that's a sad thing because that's how they were treating Jesus. And he said I, he couldn't do anything there because they did that. Because God always wants to help people, no matter what vessel he uses. Um, Mark uh, 7. One page over here in my Bible. <laughs> Verse 25. For a, a woman who, whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, heard about Jesus, and she came and fell at his feet. The, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she, and he, she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, or truth, Lord, is what the um, King James says, and I like that. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. But he called deliverance. It could be a freedom from a demonic uh, spirit or a healing. He called it the children's bread. So, And he said, The children are first to be filled. That word filled means the children are supposed to have an abundant supply of this bread, of this uh, provision of freedom. And that's basically what he was saying. I, you know, this little, this little child got set free because her mother, even though she didn't have a right, with a, uh, she wasn't a covenant child, she wasn't a covenant person, she was a Syrophoenician, she was a Greek, and they did live very, very immoral lives. And he, you know, he mentioned that she was a dog. And uh, it was... You know, people read that today and get all upset, but he was speaking the truth. This is how these people were talked about. That's how they were viewed, and that's how he, he just expressed that truth before her. And she agreed. She said, you're right. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So she was saying, can I have a crumb for my daughter? That's all I need, and my daughter will be okay. She'll be free. And he said, for this saying, your daughter's set free. Wow, what a loving Jesus. She didn't have a right to that provision. She had no right. I mean, he was still, he was still under the, the uh, Abrahamic covenant. Uh, and he, like I said, he was ushering in the new covenant, which when he died on the cross and said it is finished, the old covenant was through and the new covenant began. And that's what we're living in. We are so blessed to be there. But 
he was still obeying the, the, the Levitical laws with his ministry. And he said, I can't, I can't give this to you because of that. And but she had faith. God moves where there's faith. She had faith. She said she humbled herself and she said, yes, you're, you're right. But, you know, can I have a crumb? She was persistent. That's one of the qualities, the characteristics of faith is persistence. You don't just say, oh, well, you know, I don't see anything happening. Faith, when you see something in the Word of God, and this little lady had seen people healed and set free, and she wanted her daughter well. So she went with, mercy, with a humble heart, and he had mercy on her and was able to set her little daughter free. But he said it's the children's bread. So healing is your bread. It belongs to you. It's a provision. You think about how bread was used in the scriptures. Bread was very, very valuable and important. It was so nourishing. I mean, they talk about bread all the time. It was whole. I eat a bread now. It's called Ezekiel 3.9 bread. You may have heard about it. It just really is not doesn't taste that good, but it's healthy. And But that, that's why they would eat bread, and it was so healthy for them. Uh, so bread was important. For him to call it the children's bread is mean... Bread, it means this is absolutely all you need for your body. It's going to take care of you. So I'm telling you tonight, healing is your bread. You can take it. This little lady got healed on a, her, little, her daughter got free from a crumb. You have a whole loaf. It's just set on the table, set before you. The Bible talks about there's a table set before us uh, in Psalm 23. And on that table is bread. And it's enough for your healing even if you have faith for a little crumb, take it and say, Lord, I take this and I know that it's going to be enough. It's full of life. It's full of freedom and deliverance for my life. And I can, I can hold on to it and persevere with my crumb if that's what you get, if that's what you take. But I encourage you to take the whole loaf because uh, you'll need it through life. Bread for all of our lives, all through life. I've, I've lived pretty many years now, and he's been faithful to heal me time and time and time again from that bread that he's provided, uh, not just for once, but for all, all of life that we go through. That it's possible for us to have that abundant supply. Um, <clears throat> let's look at Matthew 4. Verse 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. But they brought him all sick. And he healed them. But he had been teaching and preaching in their synagogues. He had been preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And this is the good news that there, there was freedom for them. And that's what this gospel is all about. It's about our freedom. No matter what we're dealing with in life, there is freedom for, for us. The Bible talks about uh, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. So what we have to have to receive all of these provisions the bread and all of the freedoms that God has for his children 
is faith. And this faith is going to come from this wonderful book. And as he was preaching and teaching, that's how they were able to to, uh, get the faith that they needed to be healed. And when they came to him, he healed them all. So there wasn't any unbelief in this group. They believed what he said. They took what he said. So when you read in this word, believe what it says and take it, whatever it is, whatever it's for. Healing, of course, that's what we teach in here. But every, every provision that you need, take it from this, this word. Learn about it. Get into the scriptures and, and study them and go over them and get a picture of what they say to you, in your, on, the insides of you on the inside of you. And live, live it out and see God's faithfulness to answer your prayers because you're standing on this word. He healed them all. I like what Jeremiah 32, 17 says. It's one of my favorite Old Testament scriptures. But it says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched harm. There is nothing too difficult for you. No matter what, there's nothing too difficult for him to take care of. He made these bodies. He knows how to fix them. And um, he wants to. He wants to put us all back into the right the right uh, order. I mean, we can, anything that's broken, don't you want to see it fixed? You don't, I mean, if you, especially if there's a lot of value to it, you don't want to just toss it aside. You want to see it fixed. There's so much value in you, with you. God values you so much. You're his highest, highest in his creation. Human, mankind. Even, even uh, the angels looked upon humankind and said, what is man? that you're mindful of him. I mean, wow. They were stood in awe. God stands in awe of his creation that you are. And if you're broken, he wants to fix it. He wants to put you back in the good order that he, he has for you and he made you to be. Matthew 12, 15, you don't have to turn there, but it says, great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Matthew 14, 14, and when Jesus went, went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. His willingness to heal, shown in these verses, he healed all the sick in the great multitudes he healed. He was moved compassion and he, with compassion and healed them. That word compassion, which, which it, the Bible mentions in different places that this is something he was moved with to heal. He was moved with compassion to feed. When he saw the hungry, he had compassion on them. He, he was moved with compassion to provide the food for them that they needed. And we see that in the multitude, I mean, the, the miracle of the, the fish and the, and the bread that he, he multiplied. But that compassion is a deep yearning, a desire to help and change the situation. <clears throat> Sometimes we need, I don't know, the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, it'll have the word selah, and that means pause and think about this. Some of these verses in the New Testament, we need to selah. We need to stop and think about what this means. A deep yearning in him, a desire to, to help and to make things, make the situation better and good and right. So think about that. When you read about healings, his compassion's behind it, whether it say, says it or not in the scripture. Um, he is a compassionate, loving God. He is love. That's what God's, God, the word says, God is love. 
So that compassion that he wants to reach out and touch your life with. In, in Mark 114, I mean 41, it, does, it talks about the, the, the account of the leper that we read about in Mark 8. And it, it says in, that, uh, in Mark, it says, Jesus was moved with compassion and stretched forth his hand and said, I am willing, be clean. Uh, and think about that for your, for your healing. He moves with compassion towards you and says, I'm willing. I want that out of you. I really want to see that out of you. It doesn't belong there. That's one of the things that I'll tell the enemy when I can sense something. He's trying to put something on me. I'll tell him, you have no right to this body. This does not belong to you. Jesus purchased it. I belong to God. This is the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. You have no right to put that on me. Jesus bore that for me. No, I'm not having that. So remember these things because it's going to help you as you walk out your healing, as you receive your healing. You need to know the enemy does not have a right over you. Jesus paid a great price for you. The Bible says your, your body, your spirit... They're his. So you need to tell the devil, absolutely not. You're not doing that. If something's on you, tell him you have to get it off. I'm going to receive my healing, and you're going to have to move out. Just be real matter of fact with him. That's what he understands. He understands the resisting that we do. Ephesians 6 talks about that we are to have the full armor of God on to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, stand, stand therefore. That word stand is the word resist. Having done all, resist. So as we're standing for our healing, we're standing for our victory, remember that you're going to have to keep saying no to the enemy. You have, you have to say no to negative thoughts that will come to say, nah, nothing's working. You have nothing's changed. What do you think you're doing? Why don't you just throw in the towel? You resist. And you, take your, you keep your stand of faith and victory on the Word of God. It is a rock. It's a sure foundation that will not go down underneath your feet. As you continue to stand on the truth of the Word and push forward with your faith and resist the devil. Jesus defeated him. So he's a bully. He is one that will just try anything to get you off of your, your faith. But just be tough with him. Don't be afraid of the devil. He is not to be feared. Jesus stripped him. I mean, he, he will try. He's a renegade, and he will try to get away with whatever he can. But just be stronger and stand up and say, The greater one is in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. That means you, devil. The greater one's in me. Watch out. Here we come. Be bold. Stand up very bold in his face. And absolutely refuse to allow him to run roughshod over your body, over your life. And you will be so thankful you did because victory smells so sweet. It is such a good, good, uh, exciting thing to walk in when you see, okay, that has fallen to the side. That's gone. Praise God. We're just going to go forward. And there will be other battles to fight. But you win all of them because you're in the winning. You're on the winning team with God in the right army. All right. 
Ecclesiastes 3, 3 says there is a time to heal. And I, you know me, if you've heard me teach before, I look up words. I want to know, okay, what does that one really mean? You know, I look it up in the original text. In the Hebrew, this time to heal, the time means now. That's what it says. A time to heal now. He wants you healed now. So um, grab a hold of that. Okay, he wants it done now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe for now. I'm not going to just let it fall to the side and say, well, you know, someday I believe I'll be healed. No, now. Let's get it now. Get, get, be done with it. Um, Luke 5, 17. This is one of my favorite scriptures um, where healing is concerned. <clears throat> Verse 17 says, Now it happened on a certain day he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. So there were a lot of people there. Every town out of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. It was a crowd. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Present to heal them. The power of the Lord. Remember I said we have to have faith in that power. We know that that's what connects with us right away when we believe we receive with our faith. But it was present to heal them. So he was sitting there. He was teaching, but he was, he was ready. Anytime any of them wanted to say, you know what? I want healing. He was there. The power was there, and he would have healed them. So he was... Uh, he was waiting on them, and that's what he does. He waits on us. He's done what he's going to do. We've learned that it was accomplished on, uh, at Calvary by the stripes placed upon his back. Our healing was bought and paid for. So he's waiting on us to come get it, and that's what he was doing this day. Then behold, men brought in or uh, on or in a bed, and it wasn't, we think of a bed like a mattress, and this not would not have worked. <laughs> this was like a something they held at the corners, like a big um, you know, tarp or something that they put the, put the man in because he was paralyzed. And they, they uh, sought to bring in, him in and lay, lay him before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went on the housetop and uh, let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. This is, this is one of those, those little videos I want to see in heaven. I want to see this because Jesus had to be sitting there with the biggest grin on his face because here were these guys breaking up the tile and the dust was falling down. And as you've seen pictures of, um, uh, you know, out in Bible days, houses had the flat roofs. It wasn't a roof like we know now. But they got to, they went up on the top and they began to break up the tile and, and uh, so they could get their friend down. Well, this shows such faith. Not only the guys that were taking him up there, but it showed such faith that this, this man was willing to be let down through the, the hole in the roof before Jesus. I mean, all of it just it said faith everywhere. And it's such a pleasing thing to the Lord for this to happen. And verse 20 says, He saw their faith, and he said to the man, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And, of course, the religious people had a fit because they said, who can forgive sins but God? In this particular case, this paralysis, 
he had opened a door through sin, apparently, so he needed his sins forgiven. And we see that when we anoint people with oil and pray over them uh, when they want to receive healing. The Bible says that the Lord will raise them up, and if they've committed sin, their, their sins will be forgiven then. So sometimes there can be an open door through a sin in, in your life, and that's why you always need to go to the Lord and, and seek his uh, um, you know, just wisdom about, all right, is there anything I need to take care of? Uh, any forgiveness that I need or anyone I need to forgive and get things clear there? We get washed with the blood of Jesus and get right ready. I know I uh, talked to someone some years ago and they were sharing with me that they had had a really serious diagnosis and, and just I felt to ask them, okay, um, have you got, are, is your heart clear? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. Then you're ready to receive. So make sure your heart's clear. Say, Lord, is, is there anything that you need for me to get right? I need to repent over. And I ask you, you know, if he shows you something, repent, ask his forgiveness, get all that cleansed out of your life, and then you're ready. So this little guy had to have his sins forgiven. And um, then, you know, they were upset about that. And Jesus, verse 22, when he perceived their thoughts... He said unto them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? Okay, how hard is it, is it for you to go to the Lord and ask forgiveness for sins? That's not hard, is it? You just go. And you know he's there to receive your, your heart of humility. He's there to receive your, uh, your honesty before him and receive your forgiveness. That's easy. We all do that. I mean, if none of you have done that since you've been born again, you need to go home and pray. Because everybody, everybody misses it. There's nobody perfect in this world. And uh, we need to examine our hearts just really often. Just say, Lord, is there anything that I need to repent over? And the, the, the best way to live this life is to be quick to repent if you you feel like okay I, I shouldn't have done that that was out of love or that was the wrong thing to say I may have um, you know upset that person or something right at that moment ask forgiveness don't wait until the end of the day or next week to say okay I better ask forgiveness for that because that'll keep your heart clear and then you forgive if somebody's done something to you you forgive quickly so be quick to repent and quick to forgive and that'll, you, that'll help keep your heart so clear before God and keep that uh, way open for you to receive your healing. But which is easier? So sins forgiven, healed. Sins forgiven, healed. They're both easy. They're both easy. God didn't make this hard. He said, just come. Come, believe, and you receive. Hey, I'll do my part. You just stay doing your part. And that's staying in that place of faith and trust in him as you go forward. Proverbs 4, this, this, the Bible calls faith precious faith. And it's just more precious than gold. So you need to look at that that way as well. Faith is so precious. It is more precious than gold, he says. He, just, he says it's impossible to please him without it. So this means so much to the Lord. If, if someone believes him and trusts him. Proverbs 4, if you've been coming to healing class for any time, you know, through the years, you, you've heard us go over this one many times. And not just for healing class. This is just 
a scripture that we should all take to heart for, for our lives. <clears throat> Verse 20, it says, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. Okay, giving attention to the word, looking at it and listening to it, and then uh, just receiving it. As you're sitting here tonight hearing this word, if you're receiving it, your faith is increasing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you hear this word, as you're open to it and receiving it, valuing it as what it is, the word of Almighty God spoken to you from this book, then your faith is coming up to a little higher level as you hold on to that and you receive that. But it will be deposited in your inner being. It's by reading and hearing and meditating. Meditating is speaking and hearing. Speaking and hearing. You're speaking it out of your mouth, speaking what these scriptures say, and then you're hearing it too, aren't you? You're speaking it and you're hearing it. Actually, the word in the old... Uh, the. Um, I think it's in Joshua 1.8. It talks about meditating day and night, um, muttering. It's just not, not a real vocal, you know, loud confession of the Scripture, but a muttering of it, just speaking it to yourself and letting your ears hear it. And faith will grow. You, and you might say, well, how does that happen? Well, I don't know, <laughs> but God does. <laughs> I do not know how that happens, but God says it does. So, And we are to keep this word in the midst of, of our heart, our spirit, our inner man. Um, but that's, you know, we have to read it. We have to believe it. We have to speak it. Read it. Believe it. Speak it. Meditate on it. You're speaking it. You're hearing it. I mean, are, are you serious about this? I mean, we need to be serious about this, people. I mean, not just for our healing, but to please God, because this is what's pleasing to God. So much is His, his children believing Him and taking this to heart and doing what this word says. Well, I'm going to flip over to Joshua 1.8 because this, this mentions something I think we need to hear. Um, Joshua 1.8. This is an, another amazing book. I was, I was talking to my husband the other day. I said, you know, we, we really, and it's important that we do, really talk about Moses and all the wonderful, awesome things that God did through Moses. But, hey, Joshua wasn't shabby. I mean, he really wasn't. I mean, this man got so much done for the kingdom, for, the, for God's kingdom. And he had miraculous things like they walked up to the Jordan. And guess what? The Jordan parted. And they went on dry ground across the Jordan just like the Red Sea parted. They went across on dry ground. So this wasn't anything to be, you know, just taken lightly. This is something very, very miraculous that took place. Um, and, and the sun standing still for a battle. A whole day the sun stood still so that they had light to fight their battle. That's miraculous. I mean, these Old Testament characters are just... just words can't express how wonderful God used them and how very uh, valuable they were to seeing his will accomplished so that we can have what we have today. If these guys had dropped the ball, we wouldn't be where we are today. I mean, he, they did so much. We need to thank him when we get to heaven. 
you need to meet all these guys and say, thank you. Thank you, Noah, you built that little boat and we just, you know, you spared humankind and here we are. So uh, all of them are to be uh, honored highly. But verse 8 of Joshua 1 says, this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night <clears throat> that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Meditating and observing to do. We need to obey what the Word says. The Word has so much instruction. And if we obey what he, the instruction He gives us, we had somebody in the office yesterday, we were talking about the things of the Lord, and, and she mentioned that she just loves the epistles. I said, I do too. I love the epistles. The Gospels are so wonderful and give us so much of Jesus. But the, the epistles give us so much instruction for life. If we do what these epistles say to do, our path is going to be so much brighter and smoother. And that's what he was telling Joshua. He said, observe to do what this book says, and you're going to have good success. And you will too. Having good, you will have good success as you do what the Word says to do. We, James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. We'll deceive ourselves if we don't do what the Word says to do. It's a good place. It's a place of God's blessing on our life. And um, it's what he's told us we need to do. So we need to obey those, those uh, instructions from his word. But we are to keep speaking this word until we have it in here. Uh, because those words, the Bible says that they are life to all that find them and health to all their flesh. That word health in the Hebrew is the word marpe. I don't know why I thought I needed to share that with you because it doesn't really, you know, none of us know Hebrew, I don't think. But I thought it was just, you know, interesting to put that down there because it means restoration of health, remedy, cure, medicine, and deliverance. That's what this word will do for you, bringing that health to, to our whole bodies. All right, stay with the word of God. Stay with what the Bible says. Resist thoughts that disagree with what you are believing for. If the de devil tells you some negative thing or if you hear a bad report, if you go to the doctor and there's a bad report, but you have believed you received your healing, you just thank the Lord, healing's working in you. No matter what the doctor may see, that's not the final word. God's, what God has said is the final word, that he has victory for you. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. If you stay in faith, you have victory. It's waiting for you. Whew. Don't, um, don't drop, drop it. Just stay with it. Say, you know what? This may not be the easiest thing in the world to do, but I'm staying here. Uh, because we have opposition, you know? I mean, it's not that God's trying to make it hard. He's not. He is busy doing his part, and he is with us as we're doing our part. He's not going to say, okay, this is your part. You're on your own. No, he walks with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. When we have a bad day, we can say, I am having a bad day. I need your help huge. And he will step in there. He is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's living inside of you. He's living in you. And he's, that's the closest help you can get. And he's faithful. And he'll, he'll encourage you. He'll show you something in the scripture that's just going to, wow, I can't tell you how many times, just in recent months, having gone through some really um, tough situations, just 
the Lord will lead me to a word. And I thought, oh, that's just what I need. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that just makes all the difference in the world. That just lifts you up, sets your feet on a, on a high place with him. And uh, you can see far that way. It's like, mm, I see victory. It's right down there. I'm not quitting. I have my eyes set on it. And I'm going to make it. Okay, we believe, we trust, we receive what this word says. He has provided healing. I believe that. His will yearns to heal me. I believe that. Healing is mine. It's my bread. I believe that and nothing else. Jairus, when Jairus, the story of Jairus in the Bible, it's in Mark chapter 5, talks about he went to Jesus and he said, my little daughter's at the point of death. Come and, you know, you lay hands on her and she'll be healed. Well, he, Jesus went with him. And then we have the woman with the issue of blood. What did you name her last time you taught? Something. Anyway, we, she has a no name. So we each name her something else. And when we get to heaven, we go, okay, what is your name? But she interrupted because she went in and Joy says she had a hit and run healing. And she did. She pressed in, hit Jesus, grabbed his garment and ran but he you know he stopped because he felt virtue or power leave him because her faith pulled that power out of him and he stopped and he said okay he touched me and she just kind of melted back in the crowd and he wouldn't leave and um, she finally fessed up and said it was me and so she told him all the truth which I've heard I've heard pastors say you know what that took some time because, she, you know, a woman, she's going to go through it all. You know, I was first diagnosed in such and such a year, and wow, I went to this doctor, and he didn't do me any good, and, the, and I spent all my money. You know how that goes, ladies. So, But anyway, he finally began to walk away, and someone from Jairus' house said, don't trouble the master anymore because your daughter is dead. And immediately, immediately, Jesus turned to him when he heard that report, and he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. You stay believing no matter what you hear, no matter what it looks like, no matter how dark a day might be. Please don't stop believing. Only believe. Write that on a card and put it on your refrigerator. Only believe. Because he kept his mouth shut. He didn't say anything negative. He did what Jesus told him to do. They walked and got to his house. The little daughter was raised from the dead. And Jesus lifted her up and said, uh, give her something to eat. Here's your daughter. I mean, if Jairus had dropped the ball right there and said, well, forget it. This is too late. Uh, his little daughter would have to, be, had to been buried. But he had his little daughter back alive. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God's word is true and he is faithful. Um, I heard this. Uh, someone say this. I don't know where where I heard it on teaching somewhere. It says, faith that does nothing has nothing. So you have to use your faith for everything in order to have the promises of God fulfilled in your life. James uh, 2, 17 in the, in the complete Jewish Bible says, faith by itself, unaccomplished by actions, is dead. And we see the actions of the man uh, who was let down in the roof. There was actions of the men who carried him. There's, his actions uh, were seen because... You know, he wanted them to take him to Jesus. So there was faith seen everywhere. So faith is recognizable and it is heard. We need to give thanksgiving when we receive our healing. We need to thank the Lord for what he's doing. 
uh, what he's already done, and as we receive it, give him thanks. Make plans, things, things that you haven't been able to do. Uh, make some plans. Say, okay, we haven't been able to do this. I haven't been able to do this, but I'm going to do that. You know, take a picture of, of a whole thing that, you know, something that maybe it's not working right in your body. Like we have a little gal that, uh, that, that um, we love so much, has some uh, crippling in her hands. So we told her to get a picture of some healthy hands and look at them and keep that focus on before you because as, as we see these things, as they are to be because Jesus sees it that way. He does. He sees our healing completed. It's okay to see your healing completed. See what you need whole and healthy. If you have a problem in, a, in an area that physically that you can see, if it's something inside, you just thank, thank the Lord. I believe that things are moving in my body to, to cause this to be totally uh, out of my being. And um, he, he's working there. Keep your faith there with what you're saying. So one of the things that is, uh, is so important to, to, for your mouth to say what you believe in your heart. Healing's working in me. It's working mightily in me. And uh, I trust you, Lord. We'll see this thing all the way to the end because you are faithful. You are willing to see me healed. And I believe that I will have my victory. Thank you, Father. Father, in Jesus' name, for your wonderful provision of healing, we so thank you that you're willing and you're so, your compassion is extended to each one here today, and you desire for them to be repaired to the place of total wholeness again. We thank you for it, and we know that you're doing a good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.